Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Pop That Mama, a passionate first-time mum sharing my tips and tools for a positive pregnancy, childbirth, and journey into motherhood. In this episode, I am joined by my lovely friend, Emily, who will be sharing her birth story with you all. Now, I just wanna say up front that there are a few glitches in the audio, but please bear with us because it is a super inspiring story about how when things don't go to plan, you can still have a positive and enriching birth experience. Enjoy listening. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. I hope you are all doing well. So I am really excited about this one because I'm joined by my lovely new friend, Emily, who I met in Baby Sensory a few months ago. And we got chatting in classes, as you do. And afterwards, we decided to meet up for a coffee. And what was really nice about meeting Emily is that we didn't only speak about explosive poos and sleep schedules, but we actually learned a fair bit about each other on an individual basis and not only spoke about the kind of baby things. And we also shared birth stories and spoke a bit about hypnobirthing, the stuff that we learned and what worked and what didn't. And last week we went on a walk and I asked her if she would come on the podcast and share her birth story with you all. So she said yes, so she's here today. Uh, So Emily, yeah, over to you to say hello and share a bit about your story. Great. Thank you so much, Poppy. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me on here. It's really been a joy and something I've been really looking forward to, particularly during all this lockdown where we've got nothing else to look forward to. Um, So hi, guys. I'm Emily. Um, I have a daughter, a lovely daughter, Freya, who's coming up to six months. She'll be six months in a few days time. And when Poppy asked me to come on the podcast, I was really, firstly, very touched, but also really thrilled at the opportunity to be able to share my story and record it and also share it with the wider world. Because for me, in the run up to Freya's birth, listening to positive birth stories was one of the best things I did in terms of preparation and one of the things that make me feel most excited about the birth of my baby. So I really wanted to share my story because, albeit my birth was one that was completely different to the birth that I'd anticipated and planned and hoped for, it was still an amazingly positive experience. And I think that's something that Poppy and I chatted about in that coffee shop was how positive the experience was, even though there were loads of spanners that got thrown into the works and things went completely awry. It was honestly, alongside my wedding, the best day of my life. So shall I kind of just launch into the story, Poppy, and you can jump in with any questions? Go for it. Go for it. That sounds fab. Brilliant. So I was overdue, as they say, overdue. What does that even mean? But I'd gone past my 40 week due date by about three or four days when on a Monday night, my contractions started, um, contractions, surges, whatever you like to call them. They started kind of during the night um were fairly intense quite quickly definitely kept me awake most of the night but I knew that it wasn't really that my labor was fully properly starting I knew that it was sort of this latent phase that people often talk about so by the Tuesday they'd gone away and I went about my day as normal 
Um, luckily, this was the middle of July when lockdown restrictions had been lifted. So I went to see a couple of friends, etc. Didn't tell them anything about it, but just got a, went about my day as normal. Then on the Tuesday night, my surges really started again quite strongly during the night. So again, that night I didn't sleep very much. Um, the anticipation was building and I, I could really feel that things were starting to happen. A week prior to that, um, on my actual due date, I'd actually thought that my waters had broken. And when I went in from my 40 week appointment to see the midwife, I had to get a whole check done, et cetera, to see whether my waters had actually broken, which it turns out they hadn't. So I knew at that point that my body hadn't been quite ready. But then by this Tuesday night, when the surges were sort of starting to come on quite quickly and quite intensely, I knew that we were starting to get into action. So by the Wednesday morning, my, my husband, um, who was obviously with me at the time, said to his work, you know, I won't be able to join any meetings or anything like that today. We really thought, right, this is the beginning. So all through the day on the Wednesday, I started to have these surges that were coming pretty rapidly. They started off at about sort of 20 minutes apart, but they quite quickly escalated to about 10 minutes apart. Now, I should say at this point that in the run up to my baby's birth, I had done the usual sort of antenatal courses, but I'd also done a hypnobirthing course. Um, and that's something that had helped me a lot in the preparation for my birth. And that's obviously something we can chat a bit about later. Poppy and I have talked about that quite a lot in our experiences with hypnobirthing. Mm. So I kind of knew what to expect and I felt pretty prepared at this stage. I guess the thing that I wasn't prepared for was the intensity of the surges or the contractions, again, whatever word you choose to use, and actually how sort of debilitating I found them and for me at that point it was actually really helpful to address that intensity as pain and to think of it as pain rather than just pressure or intensity because throughout that Wednesday whilst we were at home my husband and I we were kind of trying to battle each of the contractions and I did lots of different things to try and ease myself into the contractions. I used the various breathing techniques that I've been taught in hypnobirthing. I had a bath, which helped a bit. I was on my birthing ball doing lots of different things. But actually just being able to say to my husband, these are really painful. That really helped me with communicating with him because I think particularly for men, actually just talking to them about intensity and pressure just doesn't necessarily convey it doesn't do the job through. does it no <laughs> it no. doesn't do the job no. so for me that was actually really helpful and I must say my husband was amazing throughout the whole birthing experience but to for me I just needed him to know what on earth I was going through yeah yeah Absolutely. so that was kind of happening all the day on the Wednesday um we spent most of the afternoon pacing around our garden, me leaning on him um, <laughs> to try and get through the surges. And we ended up calling at the hospital so many times. 
we've been timing the surges on actually ironically now I think about it on the Freya app which is a wonderful app we didn't name our child after the Freya app but it's a very good app for anyone who's kind of preparing for birth um and the surges were you know they were still coming probably every eight minutes or so and then they started to increase to about every five minutes but we were constantly calling the hospital because at that point I really had this strong urge to be in the hospital I prepared for what birth I wanted but I just had this urgent sort of desire to be with medical staff and to be with the midwives and that's not to take away yeah was that was that in order to just feel more safe or what what kind of led you to feel that way yeah I think I think potentially an element of it was safety and being with people who really knew and understood what I was going through and that's not to take away from my husband and how phenomenal he was with supporting me through it but I just had a strong urge to be in the place where I was going to give birth to my baby and with people Mm. who were real experts in their field I think that's what it was Mm. So we kept calling the hospital to the point where actually by the fourth or fifth time that my husband called them, they knew his first name and said, oh, is that Zach again? <laughs> oh, hiya. Yeah, hiya. Places. <laughs> exactly. So again, we were told, OK, these contractions are not coming close enough. You still need to wait. So anyway, finally, by about nine o'clock, I was getting the surges three in every 10 minutes or whatever it is that you're meant to get Mm. um, that made us realize okay we think it's time and we called the hospital and they said yeah it sounds like it's time to come in so by this point I'd sort of been in labor probably for a day and a half sort of nearly two days Um, and again this is where the first piece of my wonderful birthing plan sort of started to go awry our original plan was to go into the hospital in a taxi because we knew there was no parking available there But by this point, I knew that I just couldn't manage the surges in a car being driven by someone I didn't know. So actually, we called my mum and she came around immediately to pick us up. And this was eventually at about sort of 11.30 in the evening. Um, So she drove us in. And for me, that was actually just really comforting to be in the back of her car where I knew if I was making weird noises during the contractions, it wouldn't matter and she wouldn't ask any questions and she drives super safely and super calmly and all of those things were really important to me so we then get to the hospital and um because it was still in the midst of the pandemic um at that point birth partners couldn't come straight in with the woman who was in labor so i needed to go in on my own which i must say was pretty daunting at the time because I was in a lot of pain um, and really hadn't slept for quite a few days and I'm kind of hobbling into the hospital and they point me in the direction of the desk that I need to go to and my my whole plan was that I really really wanted to give birth in the birthing center Um, I really wanted a water birth I'd seen so many positive birth stories involving water and I just felt that I really wanted that kind of antidote to the pain um, because I really didn't want to have a medicated birth I didn't want any form of pain medication I just wanted to use water so that was sort of my plan Mm -hmm. so as I get into the hospital on my own they send me up to the birthing center um, where I was examined and told that I was only two centimeters dilated 
which was quite a blow after a couple of days of labor and really thinking, okay, I'd managed this really well. And I got through the kind of main brunt of the contractions. Surely I had to be like seven, eight centimeters dilated yeah. or something like that at this point. But anyway, I was told I was only two. So that was a bit of a blow. Um, and the other thing was that the baby's heart rate wasn't recovering after contractions. That, that was sort of the really important thing that they discovered at that examination. So at that point they said, right, you're not able to have your birth in the birth center. We need to be monitoring this baby constantly. So we're going to send you straight down to the labor ward. Initially, you know, the first feeling was one of disappointment, mm. but actually the second they put me in a wheelchair and sent me down to the labor ward, thank goodness, because I went straight into a private room, my husband was allowed in to the hospital because the restrictions at that point had been that birth partners would only be allowed into the hospital once the woman was in active labor, i.e. from four centimeters dilated onwards. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, because I was in my own room, even though I was only two centimeters, he was allowed in. And from the second I got into that room on the labor ward, albeit it was a completely different environment to what I was expecting, because I anticipated that I was going to give birth in the birth center, I felt immediately safe and immediately reassured and secure. And I had no qualms about the fact that the main part of my birth plan, which was to give birth in the birth center in water, went out the window. Amazing, amazing. It just didn't seem to matter at that point. So just in that moment, you just accepted, right, this is what it is and exactly yeah wow exactly it was pure acceptance that's exactly the right word for it and mm. um, I think because I I knew that I was in safe hands and I immediately felt really connected to the midwives and really comforted by their presence mm. it didn't matter to me what part of the hospital I was in or what the room looked like or anything like that mm. so that was at about midnight on the Wednesday going into the Thursday morning from there, I continued to experience the contractions in a very intense way and they were coming really quite rapidly and I was struggling quite a bit to manage the contractions and thankfully I had the first of the three midwives who I ended up seeing during the course of my time in the labour ward before I gave birth. She was a phenomenal midwife who was able to kind of coach me through all the contractions and actually that in itself was quite helpful because prior to that for the previous sort of nearly 48 hours my husband had been coaching me through and <laughs> god I love him but blimey I was sick of his voice at that point oh my gosh <laughs> sick of him saying and breathe no and way <laughs> I was the same. I was like, Tom, you actually have to get away from me. I can't, I can't have you, ne have you near me and counting my breathing and no. Yeah. God. Exactly. Exactly that. I just, so what was I the midwife, what was she, what was she doing to guide you through? What, what sort of techniques was she using at that time? So she was really, she was saying to me and she was saying to me quite forcefully, actually, um, you are resisting the surges. You are tightening your body whenever a contraction comes and you need to not do that you can't fight these contractions anymore your body is exhausted you need to give in to them and you need to breathe through them and I think it was because mm. she said it in such a sort of 
a kind but quite forceful way mm. it was exactly what I needed wow I love and that she, <laughs> it was fantastic and she kind of positioned me on the bed in a really comfortable way and mm. she was you know helping me to kind of hold onto my legs and move into positions that were really helpful for managing the contractions mm. and it's just again it was it was sort of her level of understanding because she'd seen it so many times I felt whatever she said I was like yep she's got it she knows what she's talking about I need to just do what she says that's amazing and it's also the tone at which they speak to you so for me like it wouldn't work if you'd say stay calm breathe it's more like look at me look at me you've got this don't lose it like that kind of authoritative tone really works for labor I find like for absolutely me. Yeah. I 100% agree it was totally the same for me and that's why she was exactly the right midwife for me I feel really lucky that all three midwives I dealt with before Freya was born were perfect at the exact moment in time that I needed them and she was wow. phenomenal at that stage for that exact reason that tone was just you know she was like you've got this you can do it and wow. again I was starting to you know use some of the sort of positive affirmations that I'd learned through hypnobirthing and sort of playing those over in my mind but I think it was having the actual voice of a real person there with me that was really the most helpful at that stage so from there actually my my labor developed and progressed actually pretty slowly so I was only um, dilating about one centimeter every five hours at this point so at 5 a.m I was still only three centimeters dilated um, so at that point they uh, gave me some pethidine so that I could just have a bit of a rest which was actually really helpful and I had a you know an hour or two sleep and that was really great exactly what I needed and again because they were there giving me the assurances I had no qualms about taking pain relief despite the fact that I had not wanted to take pain relief going into that hospital it was honestly just a complete transformation I just felt whatever they recommended and because I went into it knowing so much about the different forms of pain relief because again I'd learned a lot during my antenatal classes but also specifically during my hypnobirthing classes mm. I didn't feel at all like I'd lost control of the situation I felt really in control with each decision that I made amazing. even though it was different to what I'd anticipated brilliant amazing what did what did the uh, pethidin uh, feel like because I've heard mixed reviews I've heard it makes you feel quite spaced out but I... you know honestly this is the part of my birth that I actually can't really remember um I've had to really refresh my memory about this quite a few times yeah. and look back over sort of notes that I've made I don't I don't remember feeling completely spaced out at all I just remember that I slept right which maybe was helped by the fact that I hadn't slept for quite a few days um but I just remember I think it just knocked me out to be honest wow what you needed at that at that time I suppose as well exactly a exactly. break <laughs> exactly I just needed a bit of a break um so when I woke up from having had the pethidine the contractions were still just as intense once the pethidine started to wear off so at that point they asked if I wanted an epidural and the epidural had been in my mind had been this big thing that I really didn't want an epidural I just I wanted to kind of experience labor and I wanted to feel labor and everything I didn't want that kind of form of pain relief but again I knew that I was just knackered at this point and I knew that I had 
done such a long period of time managing these contractions and I was like you know what an epidural is exactly what I need like these midwives know exactly what they're talking about so I accepted the epidural and it was honestly the best decision that I made during the Mm -hmm. whole of my labor and birth despite it being on my no-go list originally it was exactly what I needed it just completely allowed me to relax take some time out watch some stuff on my iPad, read a magazine, sleep, and just feel really back in control. Sounds bliss. It was bliss. It It really was. So that was great. Um, And I could still, what I hadn't realized was that with an epidural, I could still feel the contractions happening. I just didn't feel any pain with them. And actually, that was a really nice feeling as well, because... I could feel that something was still going on in my body. I didn't feel completely numb. I felt that I could, I was aware of the contractions, I should say, but they weren't painful at all. So that was actually a really good feeling. Mm, So not like losing touch with your body completely, but just still getting that sensation. That's really nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I went on to the epidural then um, at about nine, nine 30 in the morning by about, 10 30 I was still only four centimeters dilated so still this whole pattern of only dilating kind of one centimeter every five hours but the other thing I should point out is even though my labor was progressing very slowly I didn't feel anxious I didn't feel scared or frightened I wasn't sort of in a mad rush I wasn't sort of thinking get this baby out of me I really because I think I was so informed coming into the birth and this is something we'll touch on when we talk a bit more about the hemobirthing I felt really informed and I really felt confident that my baby was going to come when it was ready to come so I never felt kind of panicked at that point so I should say you know even though my labor was quite a protracted one it that didn't bother me or phase me at all and I think that was something that was actually quite good to be aware of because you know I think obviously women going into a birth often think gosh I hope it's just over and done with really quickly which would be lovely I don't get me wrong but even when it doesn't go super quickly actually you can still feel relaxed in that situation so anyway by the I was still kind of having the epidural my my I was still dilating pretty slowly so by about three o'clock in the afternoon and they offered me the oxytocin drip to speed up my labor um again something I originally didn't think I'd need but I was absolutely more than happy to take it because by this point they were sort of saying we need to start moving things along because my waters had broken at two in the morning um and so at that point I was sort of on a bit of a timer they gave me sort of 24 hours that I needed within which I needed to get the baby out so they gave me the oxytocin drip to speed things along um and by about sort of seven o'clock in the evening it was actually getting a bit unclear as to which way things were going to go um and at that point they started talking about the potential need for a c-section now that was the only time I'd say at which I, I started to get a bit worried um, because the real kind of thing on my birth plan, I absolutely didn't want aside from 
all of the sort of medication and pain relief was a c-section mm. um for various different reasons it was just something i didn't really want to have to do if i didn't have to so at that point i sort of sort of started to think okay come on this is time we need to get things moving because i really want to be able to birth my child vaginally not via a c-section but despite all of that again because I had this phenomenal team of midwives who were with me throughout everything and a phenomenal team of doctors who kept coming in to check on me because of sort of how long I'd been in there I wasn't nervous about the prospect of a c-section I was a little sort of okay I really don't want it but I wasn't nervous about it so that started to be brought up at about 7 p.m and what the doctor said at that point is right your next examination is at nine o'clock in the evening if at that point you're not sort of seven or eight centimeters dilated then we are going to have to really really consider the idea of an emergency c-section because we need to get the baby out at that point because it's going to become too close to that sort of 24-hour mark where we need the baby out after your water's broken have broken because of the risk of infection gosh so there was a bit of anticipation obviously building in the run-up to that nine o'clock examination mm. but when it came around thank goodness I was 10 centimeters dilated so we were, yeah, we were sort of <laughs> weeping and cheering and we were so relieved Both oh my, my god really was a oh. very happy moment I actually think my husband might have been more relieved than I was because he'd been told by various other husbands in our antenatal group oh once you get into hospital everything happens really quickly you don't need to take anything with you just take maybe like a spare t-shirt but don't worry about anything else you'll be in and out in moments oh my god little did he know he'd be in the hospital for over 24 hours so he had no ipad no headphones nothing oh my gosh silly man anyway so um we were both very relieved so at nine o'clock I was told I was 10 centimeters they said have another rest for an hour until 10 p.m and if you want you can start to let the epidural wear off so that you can when we're ready to push you can feel it if you want to right so I decided during that hour obviously I was going to rest which I did but also to let the epidural wear off which again I was I didn't really know I hadn't really thought about that in in the build-up to my labor but actually at the time that for me was a really again a really kind of empowering moment because I'd had this epidural which had just been so phenomenal for me and now it was time to say okay bye bye epidural I'm going to kind of take back full feeling of my body so that when it comes to pushing I can really do it with the full feeling and intensity that I want amazing amazing so then 10 o'clock came around um, we had then at that point also used some more techniques from my hypnobirthing course. We got all the lights dimmed. We lit all of our LED candles around the room. We started playing my music playlist, although I must admit I must have zoned out to it because when it came to the actual pushing, I don't remember what music was playing. <laughs> um, but all of these things just felt like nice, proactive things that we could do. And. Mm. Um, so at 10 o'clock, um, we started the pushing and I could really feel it. And that for me was really, really helpful. Wow, wow. Um, and at the beginning of the pushing phase, they said to me, you've got an hour to push. Um, otherwise, we're going to have to use some form of instrument to get the baby out. Because again, 
the baby's heartbeat still wasn't recovering very well after contractions. So Emily, the way that they phrased that to you, was it like an ultimatum basically? So you need, you know, not really, they weren't, was it, it wasn't, doesn't sound like it was a question. Yeah, I suppose in a way it was actually, I haven't really okay. thought about that before, but hmm. yeah, you're right. It did feel, I probably did see it as a bit of an ultimatum because it, for me then at that point, that was my challenge to take on was right I have got to push this baby out within an hour so yeah I suppose in a way it was it didn't feel unkind though right 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 it still felt like they were doing what was right for me and the baby and again I felt safe in their hands completely safe in their hands so I suppose I didn't really question it um and I again sort of prepared myself for the prospect of having an instrumental delivery which again I'd put on my birth preferences I really didn't want unless Mm. obviously it was required um so that was another thing that was sort of on my list of no's which was (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) all of these things honestly all of the no's (laughs) all of the no's came out every single one (laughs) oh my god Oh dear, but honestly at that point, what's so amazing is that when I was there in the moment, I just was so like content that it just didn't matter. I knew I was going to be leaving my baby soon and that's all that matters, like nothing else seemed to matter. Um, All of these blooming no's. Anyway, so, so um, I was pushing for sort of close to an hour um and then they said because it looks like you might need an instrumental delivery we are going to give you an episiotomy that was a big fat cross on my on my <gasps> references oh my gosh they were oh okay carry on sorry yeah no 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 it's fine um so I think I was to be honest at that point I think I just was not it wasn't that I wasn't aware I was just kind of so in the zone that I was sort of like I was very happy to go with whatever they said um right and I knew that if we were getting to the point where actually it was going to be really unsafe for my baby to be continue to be pushed out by me because my baby might be in distress then I knew that instrument might be the way forward so I was kind of prepared for that so they carried out the episiotomy um obviously I was completely unaware of it didn't feel anything um but actually, when we hit the that hour deadline, the doctors came back and they looked at how I was doing and they said, you know what, you are doing really well. And we actually think you can push this baby out. We are going to give you another kind of hour or so if you need it. But we think you can do this by yourself. We think we don't need to use an instrument. And that was such mm-hmm. a kind of, wow, go me moment. Yeah, really, I can imagine. I'm proud of myself. Um so we went for another half an hour and after 90 minutes of pushing, um, my little baby came out. Wow. In the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. God, it sounds like that end bit was real crunch time. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, it did feel like that. And my husband said he was sort of, because I'm quite into fitness and do lots of kind of different exercise classes. He was really taking it on like it was a Barry's boot camp. And he was really wanting, he was taking on the role of the coach and he was really encouraging me and really kind of, because he knows that I deal well with exercise classes where the instructor's shouting at me. He was really kind of with, 
you know, a lot of force saying, go on, push, you can do this, push. Amazing. And were you, were you pushing with each contraction or were you just pushing the whole time? What was happening? I was pushing with each contraction. Um, and that was, for me, that was the very helpful thing about having let the epidural wear off almost completely. Um, was that I could really feel the contractions and they were really painful at that point. You know, because all of the pain relief had worn off and because, you know, obviously I was, my baby was really low at this stage and was being ready to be pushed out. They were getting really, really intense, but I had my, by this point we were on the third midwife shift of the day. I had this amazing midwife called Gaia who was just phenomenal and so lovely and kind. And she was there and she was helping me. I actually gave birth lying on my back on a bed with my legs up in stirrups, which again, with all the hypnobirthing that I've been taught, you know, everything was do not be with your, you know, down, do not be with your legs in stirrups. Like that is not a natural birthing position. But because they were telling me it was, I felt completely comfortable in that position and it actually felt so right in the moment. So, and the other thing as well, on my birth preferences, I said, um, I didn't want kind of um, active encouragement during the pushing phase. I didn't want to be told, push, push. Um, But actually, the second my midwife started saying, push, push you've got this push harder it was exactly what I needed I needed that kind of kick up the behind in a way of hearing someone's voice coaching me along in order to manage each contraction and each push with Mm. each contraction it was exactly what I needed it was so empowering and so motivational and it just felt so and it was those were the sorts of moments that I couldn't have anticipated Mm. irrespective of all of the preparation I did and I prepared exhaustedly for the for my birth I couldn't Mm. have anticipated what that feeling would have been like I don't think of needing that encouragement and that kind of active voice in the background Mm. especially towards that end bit it just takes so much effort and power and force to be able to push your baby out and to do it alone is really difficult you do need that external you know absolutely absolutely I I, I found that for sure for me you know that hearing the words push was exactly what I needed um Mm -hmm. and it was just you know a lot of again a lot of the kind of words I suppose that we're told in hypnobirthing not to you don't you shouldn't use and you should avoid and Mm. the kind of language of birth and I actually found a lot of it it was just really helpful for me to be able to like shout out Mm. this is so painful and I'm finding this really hard and those things for me just getting my feelings out into the room was really helpful it felt like a release Mm. and it felt like something that helped me to move my labor along definitely and just coming back to what you said about pain I 100% agree with you that pressure just it undermines the whole thing and I feel like if you're telling women that it's pressure and then they go into it and experience pain then they might feel like oh was was that me did I not do something right you know is it because I was fearful that that then created the pain and then you end up feeling disappointed. Whereas actually if we just say, okay, it is painful, 
and then we just own it. Do you know what I mean? It's more of a absolutely more more realistic, really, isn't it? Most of us. I completely agree with you, Poppy, and I think that's exactly what I felt at the early stages of my labour as well. Once the contractions started to become quite intense quite quickly, and I was feeling pain, I actually felt quite, yeah, as you say, disappointed in myself. I thought, Gosh. oh my God, I've let myself down because I really had expected to be able to breathe my way through this labour. And it turns out I couldn't breathe my way through it. I I was in pain. I needed to move in different weird positions. I needed to scream out. Yeah. I was in agony. And that I think you're absolutely right. If I'd have been more prepared for the fact that actually it was going to be painful and not mm. just a feeling of pressure or power or intensity or whatever you want to call it, mm. I think I would have felt less disappointed in myself in those early stages. Wow, 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 wow. So I think you're absolutely yeah. right about that. You hit the nail on the head. Because we obviously did both did hypnobirthing, but it was actually because I was one week overdue, gave birth at 41 weeks. And during that week, I came across a book called Birth Skills by Juju Saundin. And her approach was pretty much the opposite to hypnobirthing. She was saying things like, you need to master the pain, match the pain. Like pain was all over that book, but just so different. So she almost said to be able to relax and just calmly breathe your baby is like the utmost, like the, the most challenging thing in the world sort of thing. So she just went totally opposite to hypnobirthing. And what was so good is I read it at the time that, you know, before giving birth. And so I was able to go, okay, I've got hypnobirthing and now I've got this new approach. Let me see what works for me. And actually during labor, the hypnobirthing went in the bin. And all of the active movement vocalization stuff just came to the forefront. So yeah, just, yeah. That's I, super interesting. And I think that you're so fortunate that you found that book at that time, um, mm. because I would have loved to have sort of read something like that in the run up to the, to the birth. And I think so close to mm. when I was giving birth, I think that would have been so helpful because I had the exact same experience as you, which is I found the hypnobirthing really beneficial and really helpful in the run-up to my labor but yes. during my labor as you say the rule book went out the window and I think I was almost it was harder because I was thinking to myself right I've just got to breathe through this I've got to breathe through this like and actually the second I started like trying to blooming count or trying to listen to my husband count or trying to listen to the app count it got me more frustrated and more kind of worked up and I think obviously then things probably started to you know, really tighten up a bit more in my body. So that wasn't beneficial. And I think, as you say, just a bit more of a realistic, balanced approach probably would be, would have been better for me personally. Um, I would have found that more helpful and in going into my labor and actually experiencing the things that I experienced and feeling the feelings that I experienced, I would have been able to probably face those and confront those a bit more openly. Definitely. And it just feels more intuitive to, like you said, scream, you know, talk about the pain and move as well. You also said you felt like you needed to move. But exactly. yeah, I don't want to poo poo hypnobirthing completely because I am actually doing a diploma in uh, <laughs> hypnobirth. But I think it's fantastic for the, yeah, as you say, run up, getting your mind prepared. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, to be honest, when I think about hypnobirthing, I think the three things that I found the most beneficial from it because I also I'm a big advocate of it I think it's phenomenal mm -hmm. I'm so glad I did it 
the three things that I found most useful from it were one the sort of medical side of things and how it really helps you to understand how the brain and the body are connected and to really understand sort of actually what's going on in your body when you're giving birth and you know it's very much science-based and I, I don't think I really understood that before I started my hypnobirthing course just how kind of scientific it is and and how it's about really understanding what's happening in your body in your cervix what's happening when the baby starts to come down all of those things are really beneficial um so that was the first thing was really understanding the medical side of birth and labor the second thing that i really took away from hypnobirthing was how well it prepared my birth partner um and the birth partner for me was my husband he learned so much through the hypnobirthing and i think he felt really prepared going into it because of how much he'd learned about what a birth partner needs to do, how they can help the woman in labor to relax and what they should do in terms of reminding her how to breathe and reminding her, you know, remembering to time the surges and all of these sorts of things It really helped him with. Um, so that was a fantastic takeaway. So the third thing that I found most beneficial about the hypnobirthing was just how sort of prepared it made me feel um I did all of the preparation stuff that comes with hypnobirthing you know all of the breathing techniques all of the um positive affirmations those really helped me to just relax beforehand and I think the relaxation was the big takeaway for me particularly because obviously there was a global pandemic going on at the time which is quite a nerve-wracking thing to be pregnant during it really helped me to be prepared in terms of just feeling excited about birth and actually just really looking forward to birth. And I think if I'd have just done the antenatal course, possibly I wouldn't have felt that because actually I think, you know, you heard lots of horror stories from it and lots of potentially negative things associated with birth. But the hypnobirthing really just made me relax going into my labor and that was a huge bonus for me that was a real benefit and a real positive that came out of the hypnobirthing definitely I would totally agree with all of that yeah especially learning about the physiology of birth as well because we just don't learn that stuff well we learn it in school in the random sex education class but not in the empowering way that hypnobirthing sort of teaches us for sure Absolutely. And I think that's the other, that's sort of why those first two points are really connected, because I think through learning about those things, my husband became really, you know, kind of prepared in a, in the sense of really understanding how awesome women's bodies are and how incredible it is what they are doing in the run up to and during giving birth to a baby. You know, I think that was a really important takeaway for him was understanding the physiology of it as well. Definitely. Yeah. Do, do you find that your husband has more respect for you after that? <laughs> yes, birth? I think so. <laughs> I think so as well. Yeah, I absolutely think so. I think when he kind of saw it all unfold um, mm -hmm. and saw what I was going through, I think it, you know, it does, it gives men and, and any birth partner a huge amount of respect for the women who go through it. Um, and I think that's something he still carries with him to this day for sure. Definitely. Same as Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. 
Oh, wow. Um, so what would you tell someone who is listening that is feeling fearful about giving birth, having gone through it yourself? What, what would you tell someone? I would tell them that no matter what happens, your, the birth of your baby and the arrival of your baby into the world will be the most incredible day in your life. Whatever happens in terms of that delivery and in terms of your baby arriving, mm-hmm. no matter whether you stick rigidly to your birth preferences or if every single bit of your birth preferences goes out the window, which for me, aside from not luckily having to have a C-section, everything else went out the window. Mm. It just doesn't matter at the end of the day, as long as your baby arrives in the world and is, please, goodness, safe and healthy and happy and you are safe and you will be because your baby knows how to be born safely and you know your body will just know what to do Mm. all of those things will just slot into place and I promise it will be the best day of your life irrespective of how your birth and how your labor go Um, that's the thing that for me I think just really rings true more than anything else and that's why I think it was for me my birth was such a positive experience wow wow I love that and Emily what's been so inspiring about your story is just all of the hurdles how you literally just said okay I'm gonna roll with it I'm gonna roll with it I'm gonna roll with it and you could have just been so easily you know been terrified or reflected on it and been like oh my god my birth plan didn't go to plan and felt you know trauma or upset but you 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 kind of just accepted it each moment of the way and um, but had you mentally prepared almost to let go of your birth plan before going into labor how how were you how were you able to do that that's a great question I suppose to an extent I had um because again some of the positive affirmations that I had stuck around my flat and I had them all over the flat you know was my baby will arrive however they intend to arrive and I will be proud of myself no matter how my labor goes all of these sorts of things were in the back of my mind um but I think I think I was I don't think I was fully prepared for it not going the way I anticipated but I think what actually turned it around for me was as soon as I got into the hospital and they said we need to monitor this baby constantly and that's why you can't have a water birth and you can't be in the birth center I knew that all that mattered was that they were doing the right thing for my baby and that my baby was in the best possible care and being looked after in the way that they needed to Mm. and everything else just felt irrelevant in a way So that's why all of these things, all of these decisions just felt absolutely right because I was listening to experts who've seen this hundreds of times before Mm -hmm. and therefore knew what to advise. And I therefore think it just, everything else just seemed irrelevant in a way. Wow. Gosh. I think, and I, I would, you know, for me, I want to cling on to that feeling as much as possible for hopefully the next time I have another child um Mm. because I think I was probably quite rigid about my planning in the run-up to labor and I was really you know I did try and prepare in every way possible I saw it as like homework in a way to listen to every positive (laughs) birth story I could and watch every YouTube video I could and all of these sorts of things Mm. but I think for me 
it would be useful to kind of just reflect on the fact that actually as long as my baby arrives safely that's really all that matters at the end of the day and it will be this glowing wonderful fantastic experience because you are giving birth to this new child who is going to arrive in the world and is going to change your world forever and that's the most important thing gosh gosh yeah I couldn't agree more to be honest and I was the same you know I'd prepared like crazy listened to all of the birth stories watched all the birth stories and at the moment of giving birth or going into labor rather I just let go I was like do you know what all of the planning whatever happens from now whatever happens it will be what it will be and I think that's such a good mindset to go into to birth because every story is different that's that's another thing I don't know any two stories that are the same absolutely and I and I do feel like whatever your story is that is the birth that you were meant to have and that is the way that your baby was meant to arrive into the world each baby is unique and different Mm -hmm. and each mother is unique and different and therefore your labor is going to be and their birth is going to be unique and different and Mm -hmm. I can't envisage meeting my child for the first time in any way other than how I did meet her um which was actually you know in a labor ward in a room surrounded by lots of doctors and all of these things I didn't anticipate but that's how I remember meeting her during a pandemic (laughs) exactly (laughs) so so before we say bye could you just tell us how the moment your first encounter with Freya what was that like it was pure magic it was Mm -hmm. honestly it just felt like as soon as she came out it was just this relief and as soon as they sort of lifted her up and Mm -hmm. there was we put on the one thing that did happen that was on my birth preferences was we (laughs) said that my my husband was to be the one who announced her gender because we didn't know whether she was a boy (gasps) or a girl um so they held her up and um they said to Zach who was first of all I think a bit traumatized by having seen what he saw me go through but also (laughs) streaming with tears they held the baby up to him and said you know Zach go on tell Emily what the baby is and through all the tears and also the fact that the room was pitch black because we'd asked for it to be so dark he's like uh uh I think it's a girl and they put her on my chest and she was on my chest for that amazing magical skin to skin moment which is just oh if you could just bottle up and sell that feeling it would just Mm. it would make you billions of pounds but Mm. um they put her on my chest and I just remember that feeling of oh my gosh you're here and this is everything right now and this is all that matters and we are meant to have met in this way and then actually after a few minutes of her being on my chest and you know me crying my eyes out I remember thinking is everyone sure that this is a girl because Zach is the only person who's actually confirmed it oh my god I was so convinced I was having a boy so I thought I think he's got he might have got this wrong so I remember just saying to the doctors or the midwives or whoever was around can someone just confirm can someone have a look and make sure that this is a girl Oh my gosh. I know that thing when you've, when you fully convinced yourself that you're having a certain, cause I, I was the same. I was like, I'm having a boy. I, was, I said to everyone, I was I like, really? no, no, no. I was like, we don't even need to go to a scan. We're having a boy. <laughs> I know, I know these things. I'm, I'm in touch. I'm in touch with the universe. 
And I was like, I can tell it's the way that he's moving. It's the kicks. In my mind, I was like, boy, 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 boy. (laughs) I know what it's like when you've convinced yourself. Honestly, it took me quite a while to, I was thrilled to have a girl. I would have been thrilled with a boy as well, but I was absolutely thrilled to have a girl. Um, (laughs) But it took me quite a while to come to terms with it in my head because I remember for the first like few weeks or maybe even like a month or so, I never dressed her like she was a girl because I was so convinced I was having a boy. Oh my Um, gosh. So, but yeah, it was, honestly, it was magical. And there were a few things that happened to me after the birth. Um, I hemorrhaged after the birth which isn't to kind of frighten anyone but just to Mm. sort of put out there that actually even though that happened to me after my baby was born it honestly I was fine it didn't matter I didn't Mm. care because she was on my chest and that was all that mattered so Mm. um but yeah I just held her on my chest and it was it was phenomenal and um yeah it was the most amazing feeling in the world and I'm just I'm so I feel so excited for anyone who's listening to this who is Mm. going to be giving birth because honestly it is the best experience and having your child brought into the world and meeting for them for the first time is like nothing else you'll ever experience so I'm just so excited for them for what they've got to come wow wow this is it this is what we need to do spread positivity and positive birth stories not horror stories exactly exactly it's all about the positive birth stories and and honestly all of whatever happens in in people's birth it will be positive and it will be amazing and they will meet their child and that's what's meant to happen at the end of the day gosh I love that wow oh Emily thank you so much for taking Thank the evening you. out to be with us it's been it's quite nice to get away from the babies and the lads I don't know about it you but... absolutely has it really has and to talk again about mm. about birth because I feel like it's you know once your babies go past kind of a few months old you you don't really talk about it that much and I love revisiting it because it was such an amazing magical moment so I just I'm really grateful to you for inviting me on here it's been such a pleasure and such a joy to do this with you and and to chat through things brilliant amazing thank you so much Emily I'm sure a lot of women will be so pleased and excited and inspired by your story so thank you thank you very much thanks for having me Poppy it was so nice to catch up with Emily and to hear her story again wow 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 so empowering I hope you guys found it useful to listen to so as always I am on Instagram pop that mama if you'd like to send a message to Emily then feel free to DM me and I will pass it on to her do give me a follow on Spotify for more podcast updates and if you are pregnant right now then join me on this journey because I will be posting much more content on motherhood because that is my reality as you guys know and I'm learning so much along the way. Thank you so much. Goodbye.